God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven, you do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Well, good morning, and I'm glad you guys are all here, and we're glad you're watching online for those of you who are there. Um, we just want to, today, as, as Dwayne mentioned, that our God is an amazing God. And I know he also said we're also amazing, and we are amazing, but the, the level of amazement that we have about us and the level of amazement that we have for God are completely different planes, Right? Uh, they should be, or ho- hopefully. We see that God is all-powerful, and He's almighty. And He is an amazing God of grace. And we even sing that song a lot. We sing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I'm, I was blind, but now I see. We sing about God's grace and His amazing grace that He saved anyone that wants to receive Him. Anyone that chooses his path of life, Jesus saves. And that's the good news. All right, so we've been, we're going to be looking today at Genesis 25. You saw in the video about Jacob and Esau. And, 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 and I'm glad that Dwayne brought it up about amazing, because what does that mean, amazing? It really means surprising. It's really like, wait, God is, God is doing what? God is doing uh, it's amazing things. And so we're going to be looking at that today, how God is our God that's amazing. Amazing, full of grace, but amazing in uh, surprising. It's mind-blowing things that he does sometimes. So uh, we're, we're in this series about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're, and we're looking at who is God to these patriarchs in the Bible. We hear a lot in the Bible about God, the God of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. And, and so we're looking at these stories of what is, how God is faithful to them. And then hopefully we see that God isn't just faithful to them, but also he's faithful to us. And so God is amazing. So uh, a few weeks ago we looked at Genesis 12, looking at the call of Abraham, and, and looking at how the God who calls is the God who blesses. And then we looked in the next few chapters, seeing that the God who blesses, or sorry, the God who makes promises is faithful to keep them. So we saw that God is making promises to Abraham. And, but God is faithful to keep them through, in this case, through his son Isaac, who was born when Abraham was 100 years old. And so God is faithful to keep his promises. And then we saw uh, just two weeks ago that the, the God who tests is the God who provides. So Abraham was, was tested to go sacrifice Isaac. 
And so the God who tests expects to be worshipped alone. If there's something else we're worshipping, if there's something else that's competing with, with the Lord in our life, there's a problem. There's, God wants to be worshipped alone. And He expects that. And God also provides the needed sacrifice. He provided the sacrifice that, there for, for Abraham and Isaac. Instead of Isaac dying, there was a ram. But God provides a sacrifice for us. Instead of the penalty of death that we have to face, God provides, instead of just saying, you don't have to pay, it's okay, you're good, you can just come to heaven. No, He doesn't do that. He, Jesus says, I will take the place of you. And Jesus is the perfect lamb that was sacrificed in our place so that we can be righteous before God. And also the God who tests blesses our obedience. And we saw in in Abraham and Isaac's story that God blessed them for the obedience, even taking the son to be sacrificed. And God stopped the sacrifice from happening, but he he provided the, the lamb but God blesses those who choose obedience to Him rather than choosing whatever we think is better. All right, so just a quick background. So we're, we're looking at Abraham. This is a story in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and, and we're going to be looking at, at Genesis 25 today. Last week, uh, I'm thankful that Tyler Hartford was here to, to speak out of uh, Genesis 25 or 24 and, and providing... That he saw that God is providing for us. And how God provided a, a wife for Isaac. How many, how many of you married men has God provided the, a wife for you? I should see a lot of hands. <laughs> I think all married men should be raising their hands. Uh, I saw some hands. <laughs> uh, now, maybe you thought I was going to say God providing a wife like the story of Isaac and Rebecca. Now, I don't think any of our, I don't think that's any of our stories, right? Where uh, your your dad's servant goes off to another land and comes back with a wife, and here she is. Let's get married. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, in some cultures that happens. Tyler was talking about that last week. But so that's that's kind of where we are now. So Isaac. Has, and is now married to Rebecca, and we're going to kind of pick it up right from there. There's a few other things that happen right in the first part of Genesis 25 about the descendants, uh, or the Abraham dies, and he has some other, but before that he has some other kids with another, um, another wife, and, and there's some inheritance and different things like that. But we're going to jump into the story of Isaac and Rebecca, Okay. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to Genesis 25, and we're going to start today on verse 19 as we explore this. So it says here in Genesis 25 and verse 19, it says, in my Bible it has the subtitle is Jacob and Esau. Now this, this is going to be mostly about what happens to Isaac and Rebekah, and then they have these kids that we saw. All right, so it says in verse 19, this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethel the Armenian, 
from Paddan Armen, the sister of Laban the Armenian. Now, we'll, we'll know these, we'll, we'll find more about Laban later, or maybe you already know it. But, so Rebecca and Isaac are married. It gives us the, the, how old he is. He's 40. Uh, and that's going to help us with some math here in a little bit. But then it says in verse 21, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And then it says, the Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. All right, so there's a lot in that last verse there. There's, it kind of goes quickly. I mean, if I was telling the story, I think I'd give a little more details, but that's what we have, okay? He later gives a few more details, uh, but we're, we're going to see here that Isaac and Rebecca are trying to have babies, or at least a son that can pass on the, the blessing, this inheritance that God has promised to Abraham, okay? Because we found out that Abraham, even though he had another kid named Ishmael, God, and that was through a way that God didn't want to happen, or wasn't what God had said, God said that the blessing was going to go through Isaac, okay? So the blessing's going through Isaac, and Isaac knows it, and Isaac knows all about this. His dad talks to him, all, I'm sure, all the time before he had died. Uh, even, even on that three-day trip when they were coming back, I'm sure from, from, the, you know, from the mountaintop where he was supposed to be sacrificed, I'm sure they were talking about this all the time, that, that he is the chosen one that this blessing is going to go through. But the blessing is just for them. It's not just for him and his wife and his family. It's for who? It's for the nations. It's, it's a way that, in, in, that God was telling Abraham in, in Genesis 12 too, that he was going to be blessed, that he would be a blessing to the nations. He would be a blessing to the world. His family would show people about who this God is. A God that loves them. A God that amazes them. A God that, that promises. And all, all these things that, that God is showing us who he is. And, and that's our mission too, is that we're supposed to show people who this God is. It's not just for us to keep the blessing. Okay, good. God's blessed us. We're good. No. God blesses us. Let's give it to others. Let's show people about Jesus. All right. So here... By doing the math in, in a few verses later, we can find out that Abraham and, and, and Rebecca were trying to have a child for about 19 years. Because it says that, that these children were born when, after 20 years. Okay? After 20 years of them being married. So can you imagine, and maybe some of you have, that for 18, 19 years, you're trying to have children. Maybe that's your story. Maybe you've, maybe you've tried to have children and it, and it just isn't working. For whatever reason, God hasn't blessed you with children. And, and so we can see here that Isaac, being a man that trusts God, he goes to the Lord on behalf of his wife. He goes to the Lord and he, he prays. And I don't think this was this one prayer he prayed, God, give us kids. God, come on. I, I think this was a prayer 
that was a regular prayer. This was a prayer of him trusting God's timing, trusting God's plan. He, he knew that his, his mom and dad were, didn't have a kid for 25 years from the promise until when he was born. He, he knew it might take a long time that God, his timing is not the same as our timing. All right? He knew that. But he goes to the Lord and he prays. He prayed. We don't know what his prayer was exactly, but he prayed about how they don't have children. And I wonder if he, if he was even pleading for his, pleading for his wife. Lord, Yahweh, he says, please bless us with children. Please. I mean, my, my wife, my, this is the wife that you wanted me to marry. I, I, I'm not do, going off like my dad and finding another way to have a kid. I'm trying to be faithful to you, Lord. And it says here that the Lord answered his prayer and his wife became pregnant. Our first point today is that the God who amazes or surprises brings life into what was lifeless. Rebecca was not able to have a child. Just like her mother-in-law Sarah wasn't able physically to have a child. But God brings life into what was lifeless. He does this all the time in His timing, in His way, when He wants to. He amazes people with bringing life into where there was no life. I mean, think about this. Isaac and Rebecca know they're supposed to have a child. They know they're supposed to, to pass on this inheritance. They know the promise of, that God's going to bless their children and their, their grandchildren, just like from Abraham, that God said their, their descendants would be like the sand in the seashore and the stars in the sky. It's just, you can't even count them. There's so many. But yet, after 19 years of marriage, they have no children. And God, and God gives them life to where there wasn't life. And I wonder if they were praying, why is this happening to us? We can't be childless. I mean, you said we're going to have lots of descendants. Even if it's just one kid, we need to, we need to at least have that child, that, that son to pass on this inheritance, this blessing, this birthright. Why is this happening to us? I wonder if we ask that question about ourselves sometimes when there's situations that's happening why is this happening to us god why aren't you coming through for me god come on don't you want us to have kids have a good marriage have a good career whatever that is god don't you want us don't you want me to be happy don't you want me to be successful Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? God brings what's li- he brings life into what was lifeless. He amazes us and surprises us in his own way and his own time. 
And then it says in verse 22, it says, the babies. Yeah, you read that right, or I read that right. The babies. It, it, just, it just said that Rebecca became pregnant, but then it says babies. <laughs> uh, pause. Last week, <laughs> not, not pause on the technology, please. Um, <laughs> last week, Isaac, or, uh, Tyler was here and he was talking about he was talking about how we were trying to catch up with them with kids. That's not true, by the way. Just, just for the record, that's not true. Um, and I also just need to point out, they had twins. <laughs> they have twins. So, um, yeah, we don't have twins. So, I'll just say that. Okay. I'll just say that. All right. These babies were inside Rebecca, okay? So that should be like a surprise right there. What? Babies? They just said she was pregnant. Now the next line is the babies, all right? The babies jostled with each other within her. My wife's not here today, uh, but can you imagine? (laughs) I I mean, she lets me like touch her belly and feel the the baby kicking, and the baby is kicking, and it's pretty neat. But I can't imagine if there was like two in there, they were like fighting in each other. Now, I don't know if that normally happens with twins, but that they're like, hey, what, there's another one of us. And like arm wrestle and fight. And I don't, I don't know if they're doing in there. But whatever was happening to Jacob and Esau before they were born was pretty serious. I don't think it was normal. And I don't know if Rebecca found out other women that had had twins and asked if that was like normal. I don't know. Well, it says, it says, and she said, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me that these kids are like, really like, they are against each other, even, even before they're born. How is this happening? First of all, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? I'm having to put up with this. I can't imagine the, how that would feel. I, I wonder if, if Isaac would be like, like, you know, as a dad, like, oh, here they are. Oh, I can feel that kick. Oh, they kick. Oh, they're like back and forth, like fighting. And like, I don't know. But she was like, why is this happening to me? Why is it happening to me that, that these kids are like, that they are really like at each other? Can't imagine that. But what I love that what she did wasn't just ask the question, why is this happening to me? Come on, God, you wanted us to have kids and now we're having kids. Why? Like, this shouldn't be happening. They shouldn't be fighting. But she goes to the Lord. And that's a lesson for all of us. We need to go to the Lord. When something is happening in our life, when something we don't understand, when we're struggling with something, let's go to the Lord. She went to, to inquire the Lord. So we saw that Isaac went and pleaded on behalf of his wife. He went to the Lord. And now we see that Rebecca is going and inquiring before the Lord. God wants us to talk to him. God wants us to be in a relationship with him. He wants us to ask him questions. He doesn't always give us the answers we want. He doesn't always give us an answer. But he wants us to go to him. Not go to everybody else and say, what's going on with all this? Why is this happening to me? And, you know, no. Go to the Lord. God wants, God can handle it. He wants us to go to him. And so she went and inquired to the Lord. Our second point today is that God 
who amazes knows the details of our struggles. He knows the depths of what was happening. It wasn't just that these two boys were fighting, but that they were going to be rivals for not just their lives, but a long time. He knows. God is timeless, and God is amazing. God knows. And so we can trust to know. We can trust that God knows the timing. He knows the details. He knows everything and what needs to happen. And so it's easier said than done, but we just can trust him. All right? So Rebecca, I don't know. We don't know if she said, okay, good. I'm glad to know that all the, I'm glad to know what's happening here. And so I feel better about it. I don't know. But then it goes on to tell us what happens when she went and asked God. God gave her an answer. You know, so Isaac went to the Lord and God answered his prayer by giving them children. Rebecca goes to the Lord saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? God, you know, God is available in the midst of our trials. He is there for us. It doesn't mean the trials are going to be over. It doesn't mean, God didn't say, all right, uh, I'll have them stop. He could have done that. He didn't say, okay, pregnancy is over. They're going to be delivered now, so they'll be fine. No, he doesn't say those things. But he is available and he knows the depths of our struggles. So this is what God said to her. In verse 23, when she had inquired upon the Lord, the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Whoa! (laughs) Can you imagine hearing that? Two nations. Okay. God is amazing. God, God amazes. Yes. Okay. Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Now we we. This morning for the children's story, I had Jaden read that. The, so, so Rebecca hears this answer from God. Now, we don't know if she went and told Isaac about it. We don't know what she did about this. But God said that the, he, he said, first of all, two nations are fighting. I'm sure that wasn't very comforting to her. God, why is this happening to me? Oh, it's because two nations are fighting in you. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> no, two nations are fighting, and, and they're going to be separated. Oh, great. My, my boys aren't going to get along ever. Okay, I was just hoping this was right now. All right, we don't know if she knows their boys, by the way. But two nations are, are going to be in, separated, and the one, will, the one will be stronger than the other. And the older is going to serve the younger. Now, that has to be mind-blowing. That has to be like, what in the world? Why, God, would you say the younger is going to be better than the older? Why would you want the blessing to be on the younger? That doesn't make any sense, God. And I can imagine Rebecca, and even if she told Isaac about this, them asking God, why would this blessing go to the younger? Why is this happening to them that they're going to be against each other, that they're going to be apart, and that the blessing, the the younger one is going to be the one that's blessed. Why is this happening to them? 
And so we see that the God who amazes is the God who disrupts our expectations. That's our third point today, is that God disrupts our expectations. You know, it's okay to have some expectations. It's okay going into something to to think about something. You know, when my wife left for a trip yesterday, the day before, I asked her, I said, what do you expect of me when you get home? (laughs) I've been married a few years. I understand there's expectations. We all have expectations. If, If when she gets back, the house is a disaster, She's, I'm, I can expect that she will be upset. <laughs> you think? <laughs> okay? So I asked this question, what do you expect of me? This is, this is me learning, okay, I need to at least understand what are some of the basics are. Because maybe there's, I, I'm just saying, being married almost 13 years, I, I know that there's some expectations that maybe aren't said like that one, she didn't say make the house, make sure the house is clean. But, you know, she gave me some things. Okay, these are, this would be good if you did these, or this, if, if these kind of things happen. Okay, thank you. That's good communication right there. But God, so the, these people, Isaac and Rebecca, they were expecting, okay, wow, we, we're having twins. That's wonderful. Thank you, God, for the blessing of children. But now their expectations of, well, of course the older one is going to be blessed and the older one is going to be receiving all the, the best things. And, and God doesn't work like that. He changes our expectations. He breaks them and, and just says, sorry, the, the younger one is going to be blessed. And he even says in Romans that the, when, when, when uh, Apostle Paul is trying to explain this, he tries to explain why this is. And, and he tries to, to help us to understand why the, the older is going to serve the younger. Because that just disrupts all of our expectations. That changes all of our mentality. God, you're amazing, but why do you have to amaze us this way? <laughs> Sometimes we like to think or ask. And, and so in Romans it says, not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. And yet the twins were born, before the twins were born, this is in Romans 9, and they, before they were born and had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, Rebecca was told, the older will serve the younger. That's the verse we just read. And, and then, just as, as it is written in Malachi, that, um, that Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. Now, that's hard to understand. Jacob is, I think he's not saying I hated like the way we think of hate. It's, it's hated as in how Jesus says you must hate your mother, father, brother, sister, and choose me. He's not saying actually the same way we think of hate. He's saying choose. He's more saying choose, okay? So God is choosing to bless Jacob 
and his descendants that we find out is to be the, the Israelites over Esau. Okay? And, and then in, and Paul continues in, in Romans uh, 9. He says, Then what shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all, he answers his own question. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. So God disrupts. He amazes. He breaks our expectations. And he does what he thinks is best. Are we happy about that? I don't know. Sometimes we're like, ha! Uh, what, what God thinks is best, well, yes, we should be happy that what God thinks is best is going to happen. What God wants to happen is going to happen. Okay? I know we all have expectations, but God doesn't want us to just expect whatever we think is going to happen is going to happen. So God amazes us by His doing what He wants to do. And let, let's, let's keep reading in, in Genesis it says, when the time came for, for Rebecca to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. I would have thought he would have, the writer, Moses, would have said this a little earlier. But anyway, uh, he says it now. So now they, they're like, oh, okay, there are twins, and they are, they, they are boys. That probably makes sense why they're wrestling and fighting. That I had some boys over at our house yesterday with... David's friends, and I understand that. All right, so it says that these were boys, twin boys. Uh, in verse 25, it says, The first came out red, and his whole body was hairy, like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. And after his brother came out, with his hand grasping Esau's heel, we saw that in the video, it was a little strange. And they even said, It's strange. <laughs> And so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old. That's the math I did earlier. So Isaac was 60 years old, and when he was married, he was 40. Um, And when the boys grew up, uh, Esau became a, a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. And Isaac wild game loved Esau but Rebecca loved Jacob interesting here we, we see a little bit into their life a little bit here that these boys they're so different from each other but the mom and the dad also have clear favorites the the, the dad related mostly to his older son yeah the yeah born a minute or two earlier than the younger son, but he, he was like him. We tend to like people that are like us, right? Even if it's our own children, we tend to like them a little bit more if they think like us, if they do the kind of things we like, you know? J- Jacob, he liked to sit around and make soup and be around his mom in the tent. I'm, I'm not surprised that she liked him, right? But, but Esau, he went out and would want to conquer and use his bow and find, find wild animals, bring them back. And his dad loved eating that. And so they had favorites. Is that right? No. Oh, kids say that. No. 
<clears throat> we shouldn't have favorite children. But that's not the point here. We can see that Isaac and Rebekah both were trying to do what's right, but because they're human, they tend to like other people. They tend to like people that are like them. And so even we see later on that, that Rebekah helps her son Jacob steal the birthright from Esau. And not just steal it from Esau, deceive her husband. There's lots of lessons in there, but we're not getting into much right now. But we, I was talking to the kids about that. So that's, we understand tricking is not okay. Stealing is not okay. Right? So what she did was wrong, but I think why she did some of these things is because of this, this prayer that she prayed and, and the answer that she got. Because God said the younger is going to be blessed and the older is going to serve the younger. And so she has to make sure this happens. Kind of like Abraham had to make sure that he was going to have a son when his wife couldn't have a baby. He had to make sure it happened. God doesn't need our help. Right? Does God need our help? No. (laughs) Sorry, that sounds like a trick question. God doesn't need our help. But God wants us to be involved in what he is doing. And that should be our prayer is, God, open my eyes so I can see what you're doing and show me how I can help you. Show me. God doesn't need our help, but we can be part and we can be vessels for him. We can be doing what God is asking us to do. And so we can see that God is a God that amazes. God amazes us by bringing life into what was lifeless. And God amazes us by knowing the details of our struggles. And God amazes us by disrupting, or maybe this is more like, He surprises us by disrupting what we think is going to happen, with our expectations. And so we can sometimes ask, why is this happening to us? Why is this happening to me, like Rebecca? Why is this happening to them, like their kids? And we can find out today that, the, and our main idea is the, the God who amazes acts beyond what we expect. God acts beyond what we can expect. It says in Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found and call on him when he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unjust their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and have mercy on them. And our God, for he will be freely pardoned. And God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God amazes, and his, his acts are even far beyond what we even think or imagine or expect. And so we can just trust that God is going to do what he wants to do and that we can be part of his plan. And we can trust that his plan is good. You know, God is so amazing that he had a plan to save people. His plan to save people involved, or it, include, it only was, 
bringing his son Jesus to the earth. And on Wednesday nights, the first Wednesday night of the month, each month, we're watching this, this video called The Chosen. And it's about Jesus' chosen disciples. Jesus' who, who Jesus chooses to follow him. And so I want you to watch just a quick preview that we're going to see on, on Wednesday night about The Chosen. What's your favorite food? Oh, Joshua the Brave speaks. Hmm, I like so many different foods, but I especially love bread for many reasons. How are those spoons coming along, girls? Good? String, is it tight? Yep. Almost? Okay. So tell me, do you all know how to pray the Shema? Yes. Oh, I would love to hear it. You lead us. Here is Ryan. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And it shall come to pass if you surely listen to the commandments I command you today. That you may gather in your grain, your wine, and your oil. Doesn't look like Simon gave them what they wanted, does it? Does it change anything to know you only have until sun up? Quintus is convinced you've double-crossed him. He's coming. I'm still going fishing, man. Turn yourself in. You have no feasible plan. I told you my plan. Simon, it's him. Put that down for a catch. We've been doing this all night. <laughs> God, yes. Lift up your head, fisherman. So we're watching The Chosen, season one. Uh, this is going to be the third episode that we're going to be watching Wednesday night. So if you haven't watched the first two, you can catch up you know, on YouTube or, or I can, you can borrow the DVD from me as long as you get it back by Wednesday. <laughs> um, but we have, but even if you haven't, you, you can, it's fine to just jump in to, to episode three. But you can see here that God is amazing. He, he, even though he has this plan of salvation, he still wants to involve little kids. And he still has the little... Jesus ha, it relates to kids. And he's, he's, he wants them to be near him. And God is amazing that his ways are higher than our ways. I mean, you saw the fishermen. They're, they're throwing the... They, they, they trust Jesus in, in throwing their nets over and catching this huge haul. And so we can see that God is amazing. He's the one who amazes and surprises and frustrates us, but he wants us to go to him. He wants us to trust him. So let's do that. So our, our question right for the end of the service, if you can write this down or just think about this for a moment, is how is God amazing you by his ways? So take a moment to think about that. Lord, we are thankful that you are amazing 
that you show us your ways, even though they are not our ways. That your thoughts are as high as the heavens, and your ways are, as, are perfect. And God, I pray that you would be drawing each of us more closer to your heart. And God, I pray if there's people that hear or are watching or listening that haven't made the decision to trust you, God, or maybe we, haven't, we don't trust you very much, God, that you would just show us your faithfulness as we've been looking in this series, that we see that you are faithful. And God, that we would just experience your faithfulness. And even when we are frustrated or struggling or I don't understand, that God, we could trust that you are good. And that your ways are right. And we pray that we would cling to you. In Jesus' name, amen.